What time is it? 1.24. Look at that. It's like on schedule, man. It's because you have a woman here. That's why. Oh, it had nothing to do with the men that were actually putting everything together. I got it. Never does. I will give you the woman card. Okay. So we're doing another podcast for the Construction Life. And to the right of me, I've got Will Gunnell from Gunnell Holmes. Thank you. And to the right of me, I have Evan. Hi there. My name's Evan. Yeah. And I'm a technical sales representative with MSL. I didn't even say my title. You can, you can sneak it in. Sneak in your title. Take it back to you, Will. Go to Holmes. <laughs> we have one more person. Yes. Hi, Anna Vetter. And Hello. I'm VP Operations, again, with MSL. And what does MSL stand for? This is a mouthful. Materiaux Spécialisé Louisville. I didn't write it down. Translation. Louisville Specialty Materials. Okay, MSL's very cool. easier. Funny. I've, always, I've never asked Steve that question. I usually ask these questions when I'm told about companies. So MSL is about... In a little town called Louisville, about an hour east of Montreal. And how old are you guys, uh, the company itself? Okay. The company itself is about 15 years. Prior to that, it was Cascade. And so how is it that I only learned about you guys last year or even the year before? I don't same understand. Here. Like, what's same the story? And same with you. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. How is that possible? Somebody at this table is not doing their job. I'm not pointing fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, MSL is widely known in Quebec. It's a Quebec manufacturing company. Sonopan is the reference panel for acoustics in Quebec. It's been around for 20 years. Over the past few years, they innovated the products completely and decided we got to launch this everywhere. And so we've done a huge push. So that's how we, we know about it now, yes. right? So, and yeah. we're talking, uh, okay, so today I want to talk about something that's really critical, which is sound, getting rid of sound or dampening sound or keeping sound in certain areas or things like that, right? So this is really, really important. As we keep on building, we keep on forgetting about the cavities inside the walls and the actual material of the walls and also see feelings and things like that. So that's why you guys are here. You're going to talk a lot. I'm just going to talk briefly because I need to learn more about this sound, right? I'm sure, Will, you feel so the same do way. We. So do we. Right? So uh, anybody that's listening, builder-wise, contractors, you guys, sound is in 2019 is incredibly important when you're building things, right? So you guys can start off with, where do we want to start off with the floor? I mean, I think we need to identify first, like you said, sound is an issue. It's the second most common cause of construction litigation in Canada. So that alone... Really? Yeah. We need to I know to what the first one is. Water? <laughs> That's another no. podcast. <laughs> Let's stay with the second one, okay? Second one. So we need to be talking about it, but there's a lack of education across the board, even in the professional side um, when we're designing the buildings. Because sound gets pretty complex. So MSL has done a great job of turning something extremely complex and making it user-friendly. So who puts their hand up first when you're designing a building regarding sound? Does anybody... Clients? It should be the architects. The architects. And, well, it really should be everybody. I say... Clients do need to ask for it, but we'd like it if architects educate their clients on the need of including it in the conception phase. I guess we've got two avenues here, though. We've got residential, and then we also got multi-residential, and then you get into more commercial. Do we want to focus strictly on... Let's focus on three. I want to talk about... But let's start with residential. So if you start with a residential home and you're dealing with sound, do you have do you find clients that are smart enough, lack of a better word, to say, listen, I want to have a conversation about sound. I know it does not look as pretty as the granite that we're choosing for the kitchen, but can we have a conversation about sound? Get the ball rolling from there. I think everybody always wants sound, and then when it comes down to it, it's really that lack of education. But where we find that question comes up is when they're living in their house or when they're in their space and that's when they want sound (laughs) exactly but then you guys have solutions for too late of course okay 
We've got solutions for before and after. So let's start with the guys and the clients and the people that are actually uh, smart enough to ask a question at the beginning before we actually take the excavator to the site. How do we start our walls? How do we start our floors? How do we start everything? How do we, we know how to do basic framing and joists and everything like that, but how do we add, you guys have a series of products that will help us with sound. So first what we want to know is our typical wall and floor assemblies are not enough. We need to be doing more. Why aren't they enough? Because materials have changed over the years. Materials that perhaps were a lot more performant way back when just aren't performing to the same capacity. Are we talking about like dimensional lumber versus eye joists and things like that? And the density of drywall and the insulation we're using. There are multiple factors. But also we're in an environment where we have a lot more multi-unit construction. We have people who are doing basement apartments and home theaters that just weren't done prior to, no. yeah. you know, in the past. So now we've got a huge focus on sound and, and making sure we have that acoustic privacy. So if we frame everything, we've got our eye joists, we've got our subfloor, OSB or plywood or whatever, before we put our finished flooring, what should we put down? Well, you want something for sure. So what kind of flooring are you doing? If you've got ceramic, there are definitely, we've got Sono Lead. It's okay. an acoustic membrane for under ceramic. The challenge with ceramic is it's a hard material. And when you've got that on your subfloor, whether it's a plywood or a concrete screed or a slab, you have a rigid material on a rigid material, and those vibrations are transferring from one to another. So the trick is to separate those two materials. Decouple, exactly. Decouple. That's the that term magic we word. always use. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So by having a membrane like Sono Lead, you're absorbing and you're separating those two materials. So when you have those footfall and those impacts, noises, especially on a ceramic that really resonate, you're minimizing that transfer of sound. Do we have an idea, Evan, like how much do we minimize here? It really depends on what assembly you're actually looking at. So um, in a lot of the cases, the best way to figure out how well the product performs is actually to kind of create a mock-up assembly, take it to a lab and test it. And that's what MSL has done for a ton of these different products is actually lab test them. The parameter that you're looking for in those tests is something called STC, which sounds for a sound transmission coefficient. That's the STC. So what is the, uh, we're on Ontario, so what does the OBC, the Ontario Building Code, tell us that we're allowed to do, which I'm sure I'm not going to agree with, versus what <laughs> you guys do? Well, so yeah, everything MSL can do will certainly exceed OBC. I mean, I know for walls, I think OBC, there's been some changes recently, um, but generally it was around like a 50. You had to specify a wall that was rated in the building code at STC 50. So that would be like a two by six framed wall with one layer of Typex drywall, or is that, that we're getting a 50 with that? Does that sound right? Well, Sometimes not even. Yeah, uh, no, I would say it's lower than that, actually. Really, yeah? Yeah. 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 We have the Type X, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then when you guys add your product, so in the wall assembly, you'd be adding Reflexdoor, right? So then mm -hmm. that would reduce that to what? So it would the STC going up is better. So we want a higher STC, okay. um, which means the wall insulates for sound better. I was just testing you, Evan. <laughs> Honestly, I was just testing you. Um, so, okay, yeah. So let me, let me jump in here for just one sec. Let's take it back just a little bit, because when I found out about MSL, I said, oh my god here's a solution to a lot of our problems thin solution that's mm -hmm. the first thing yeah. i thought and, thin even, and even a retrofit solution yeah. at yeah. that i don't think there's anything else in the market i said this is amazing again i know that the big on the commercial and the multi-unit your ideal target would be the architect but again a lot of times we become mini sales rep or the actual the voice of reasoning to a lot of homeowners even if the architects know about it 
a lot of times we end up, we won't get into the specifics, but we end up being the designers of the whole thing and changing everything that's even Well, we're the point. guys that are actually going to have the power to put it in before yeah. it's yeah. too late to put yeah. it in. Yeah. So if we can nudge, nudge, wink, wink the client and go, listen, it might be a good idea at this expense at this time to do it now. And then the clients most likely will. Yeah. I'm going to take this back to a more simplified version. We ourselves as contractors, we tend to go to a lot of the builder show. We go to the international ones. We go to some of the domestic ones, but we neglect some of the other products coming from the other province. And the reason why I say that is because in all my show goings, I never heard about you guys. And again, granted, some of them were international. Again, here you have a product that's made in Canada. And with the way that the dollar is going right now, it doesn't behoove us as much as to import some of these products but when i first found out about it how long have you guys been around and even just speaking to anna today i feel like a fool because being around how did you so hear about them i think it was on one of your posts you posted sono pro i think i clicked on Bro, their instagram i heard about it through the radiant floor lafarge geely screed being installed yeah. it was the installer that suggested it and, and said to paul, me right? paul yeah so he asked me about it didn't know anything about it showed it to me and then as anything that i learned regarding new materials or products as soon as you show it to me and you tell me the specs and if it actually adds up and it makes sense to me then i sure i say let's talk about this and make it anything else it doesn't i just shoo you away and it's, it's done right but he made sense and the product made yeah. sense and then he yeah. put me in touch with steve and yeah. then all of a sudden i started learning more about it then i presented it to the clients and then i presented the numbers and the numbers weren't crazy that was the scary part i was, was just like so these are not part. i'm yeah. not saying you guys should hike up your prices i'm just <laughs> saying that the numbers were not After crazy this podcast, we will. no no but the thing is for the scope of like when you're talking about 2000 or 2500 yeah, square yeah. feet the numbers were not crazy for the benefit that we were going to get in return. So that's how I heard about it. And then I shared it online. Yeah. So then following that Instagram post, I think I, I, went, I did research on the website. I contacted Steve, one of the sales rep. I may get his title wrong, but I, he was a person that I spoke with. At the time, I had a need for it where I needed soundproof a wall that was already existing. And he said, well, we have a whole bunch of these things. And I said, wow, this is a game changer. And to Manny's point, the dollars made sense. 15 plus years. And again, we can do our job, A, through the podcast, through the social feeds to educate the construction community. We also got to target the homeowners because mm -hmm. sometimes they just don't know as a problem. When we approach them, we said, you need to soundproof that wall. Why? You have a That's new why. Because yeah. <laughs> I said so. And then, you know, if you look at the, the overall problem, where we have a lot of open spaces, lots of echoing. You have very limited rooms because, again, before the need was, hey, home theaters, basements, and rental units and whatever. But now the amount of space that we actually have to be alone, to be quiet, to eliminate some of those noises are getting smaller and smaller with all these open concepts. That's something that I always preach, especially like in powder rooms on the main floor, give yes. visitors a little bit of privacy that way. But <laughs> So anyways, that's, my, that. that's my going back to now go forward. So, okay, so... Let's, let's focus on one product at a time. So if we're looking at the, uh, the, the company lead. member, the Sono Lead, those that are just listening in that can't really see, the Sono Lead is about, Evan, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but it's about an eighth of an inch thick. You say three millimeters? Three mil. Like, yeah. And it's almost like a felt material if you want to elaborate on the composition of it a little bit. So that would go right on top of your subfloor, your, your plywood, OSB, whatever it is. And before you start tiling or before you put another a coupling kind of waterproofing membrane on top of that. And this would get stapled? Glued. Glued. 
Yep. So this is like a V-notch trial glued application yep. right down. Perfect. So you're going to glue it down and then put your ceramic directly on top with your mortar. If you're going to require waterproofing, you put your waterproofing right on top product of that. on top. Oftentimes people use anti-fracture membranes that really don't have acoustic performance under all their ceramic or applications. Or some of them that say they do, but say you they know do. they really don't. So <laughs> this can be used as an anti-fracture membrane. So you can use this under any ceramic, even with radiant floor heating uh, in any application. So you guys are saying ceramic, is that also applicable to porcelain yeah. naturals? Mm -hmm. Okay, so anything, we don't have any issue with it. Yeah. And I often say if you're putting any type of flooring, ceramic or, you know, porcelain tiles, always use Sonolite. You're going to embed this with the glue underneath it and then you're going to put the mortar on top of it to adhere the tile to it. Yep. And that's it. Yep. And that's going to reduce and that's going to change. Evan, like the sound rating is going to be dramatically increased by how much? Do we have an idea or based on... Do we on have a number? Yeah. So if you look in, obviously on the podcast, you can't see this, but if you look on the brochure there, uh, you'll see some of the ASTC and STC ratings that I was mentioning earlier What with the STC. Now, ASTC is a parent sound transmission class. That's something that's been done in the field, whereas the STC or IIC without the A in front, that's just going to be uh, a lab test. So this one gives a sense of some of the, the levels. We're looking at 60s on this one. That's basic. There's a, there's a chart you can look through that shows, you know, 40s, you can kind of hear people talking through a wall, for example. 50s, it's you're maybe only going to hear like a stereo or, you know, a really, really loud TV. 60s, basically dead. You're not going to hear a single thing. At 60, really, yeah? Yeah, more or less. You loud. always want to be yeah. in the 60s. If I may just um, add I'm really to close that. to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like getting older, exactly. You hear less the higher you go. <laughs> It'd be better to have these numbers from in the field versus lab because Agreed. lab is too controllable. Too controllable. We say that a lot. Okay. Yeah. The I mean, theory every, versus the practical. Yeah. Yeah. Every project is different to every That's project has unique qualities it. and okay. you capture those better when you, you know, obviously test them in the actual project. I don't so. think there are a lot of companies that do that in the field. I mean, kudos to you guys. To, you yeah, know, the labs are the great because it compares apple to apples and it right. puts everybody at the same playing field. What I think is even more important is having those results in the field. Oftentimes people will say, well, my lab result gave me, I don't know, 58. But really in the field, you're getting a 50. So that difference, it's really the theory versus the practical. You have so many logistics of construction that just aren't represented in a lab. What's the variance? Like, do we have a variance here between a lab and the field? The building code says approximately three points, but you can range anywhere from, you know, three to ten. Yeah, with MSL, it depends on the assembly. We've got kind of test results for various ones across flooring and walls. We do those comparisons uh, through the tests. It, it really depends what you're looking at exactly. The Sono lead, I'm okay with porcelains, with natural stones and everything. What about, I have a hydronic floor, so I have an overpour. And then I'm putting a hardwood on top. Am I okay? Glued down. A glue down. Am I okay with this material or something else? Or hardwood. I think that would bring in Sono Vibe at that point. So that's a different product, okay. but uh, it's it's kind of a similar. Sono Vibe. Feeling. So that would go on top of the pour before the the finished flooring, or you would go because we actually did Sono Pro underneath the pour. How I like to explain, you've got the three flooring products. Sono Pro is always under a concrete screed. Sono Lead is always under ceramic. And then Sono Vibe is everything else. And they're basically all three, I'm looking at them, they're pretty much all two to three mils. The Sono Pro has a, a, I guess, a waxy kind of material on top of it, but the other two don't. They're still like a felt-based kind of material. 100% polyester fiber, recycled okay. polyester fiber. Um, and they're woven together at different densities and different processes. They're all typically a heat application, but different processes to make them applicable in their own application. And I'm just going to elaborate on that because I've done a lot of 
over poor floors. A misconception that clients have, and it's sometimes it becomes a bit of a pain in the butt to explain this to them. They think, well, it's a brand new house. Everything should be glued and screwed down properly. And I have an overpour on top, which should eliminate a lot of the noise. That's not the case. Uh, because even if you go through those extremes, you still get tremendous echoes that people forget about. And then again, once you're done, you're done. And but we're talking about two different kinds of sounds here, right? Like that's what a lot of people don't understand. This is what I yes. learned from back in my old younger days in the film business is that there's the hard sounds and then there's the atmospheric sounds, right? So you have to address and your products are addressing both of those in two different ways. Is that correct? Yes. You've got your airborne noise, which is singing, music, chatting, TV, things like that. And then you have your impact noise, which is all your footfall. Now your flooring membranes will be huge for your impact noise. And I always think it's critical that in every construction you address that because it's extremely costly afterwards to rip your floor out and to right. redo it. But then you also have the airborne noises, which are wall and ceiling applications, Sonopan and Reflexor are great for. Sometimes you need both. You could have an apartment downstairs where you want to prevent footfall noises from going below, but also airborne noises from below to come up. And at that point, then you want to have a mix of the material. Would it make sense to actually do the Sono Pro underneath the pour and then the Sono Vibe on yeah. top before the hardwood? Definitely. Because I'm assuming that, okay, if you solve the problem by putting it underneath the pour, but then you've chosen a, a, a really dense material like a hardwood and you got those hard heel sounds, that's kind of defeating the purpose at that point, right? So does that get too expensive to put two membranes down? It really depends on how soundproof do you want to go and depends on your budget. At sometimes for a budget, it doesn't make sense. You have to pick one or the other. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that if you have a concrete screed, you always want to decouple that from your structure, first and foremost. So the Sono Pro, what always. I did in my video, exactly. everyone's familiar with, which we, we liked. And then it was really interesting how once we did all the pour, even though it was an open concept on the main floor and the second floor had bedrooms and stuff like that, if you were on the attic floor, you had a 15 amp tool operating. So a miter saw or a table saw, you couldn't hear it on the main floor. That said to me that something was working, right? And it, I'm going to, you guys were working is what it worked. It wasn't that we were all quiet and stuff like that. Cause I have those clients that have asked me to put the silencers on the tools. Have you had those ones before? Oh yeah. I, I oh, just, yeah. I refuse to pull the silencers <laughs> off the truck. That's all it is. You know, every tool of ours has a silencer. So it worked and that's what I liked about it. But yeah, I didn't know about the vibe and putting it on before or after before. I, the I didn't know, but I wish I knew. Because that would make sense yeah. to me. So we're doing a high-end house, and they are doing an Agilia screed throughout the house. The clients absolutely want more. And at that point, when you have a high-end house, I mean, in the millions of dollars, why are you skimping on the soundproofing? Right. You oh, want to have that they skimp on a bunch of other things, <laughs> yeah. let alone soundproofing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to figure out, okay, so because I want to keep on sending out this message to more and more, but I primarily speak to contractors and subcontractors and GCs. And that's how I, Will and I met. We, it wasn't on Tinder. We just met like, uh, throughout <laughs> the trade show, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> how do we, or who is your biggest challenge? Like, I, I keep thinking that the clients are the hardest to sell because they don't see this. They don't, they won't, like you said, they will not appreciate it until after the fact when they said no to that line item. And then all of a sudden their kids are running around dropping shit and they're like, oh, we should have just soundproofed this house properly. I mean, I think there's, depends on the people. You can have general contractors where it's just the bottom of the line. Dollar value, they want to build a house for as cheap as possible and soundproofing's hidden. You don't see it. So they can put a snazzy light fixture and then they can skimp on soundproofing. And But you can also have someone who, a client 
client at the end of the day who says, I don't want to spend it. I don't want to have the budget. And then, like you said, they have a kid who's dropping stuff all over the place and making a lot of noise. I think it depends on the purpose or the person, excuse me. What we need to be doing is just educating everybody because to redo your soundproofing after the fact, it's about five times more expensive. It's than not worth it. Just yeah, it's not, not it worth it, right? So basically, we just got to try to re-educate the clients, yes. the sub-trades, the contractors, the architects, get everybody involved in understanding that this is a conversation that needs to happen. And so let's I, just talk about it. If yeah. someone says, hey, I want to redo my kitchen. Cool. What are we also doing right. for sound? What What are your you know, your goals with sound in this? For a kitchen, let's just say, so you guys want to know what kind of countertop surface we're going to be using. You guys want to know what kind of flooring surface we're going to be using, yeah. right? You're going to want to know where the position of the kitchen is, where the position of the actual, the, the vent for the stove, the range is going to be, because that's always going to be bigger and, and louder and yeah. more CFMs, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. we want to figure out what you guys are building in there so you guys can make a recommendation of what you should be doing in this hidden sound world of ours, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's key here. I just had a question about HVAC. Yeah. I know that you guys, there's protrusions. Every single wall has a receptacle, switches, and then we get into the world of HVAC. And I've got a funny story back in my youth when we used to hang out in a basement and all of a sudden we were up all night and we were talking and then we found out later on in the morning that the mom heard the entire conversation because HVAC travels, right? It's a nice <laughs> little pipeline. It's <laughs> a great parenting tactic. That's great. It's wonderful. You can hear every single word crystal clear. How do we address that? So now if you've got ductwork, 4x10s and cold air returns and things like that, do you guys have solutions for those and how do we? That's in the conception phase. So our products are walls, ceilings and floors. What we encourage the architects to do is be strategic with your HVAC, and we will help at that point. But having as minimal protrusions as possible, and especially in you know partition walls between units and things like that, you want to seal it as much as possible. HVAC is one of those things you have to often have, and right. it is a, a challenge. But if we can address it in the in the conception phase, it's not an issue. So great, we take the HVAC design and we start having the sound conversation yes. with the HVAC design. Yeah. And then if you guys or anybody else that's kind of conscious of this and they see where cold air returns or where some vents are and things like that maybe we can move them in better spots i mean and even pipes i mean you can have water pipes and potentially will was that the issue with that your project yeah. waste okay. waste you're talking yeah. about yeah. Yeah. yeah three inch waste yeah. is the loudest pipes yeah. ever yeah. and so making sure that one those pipes aren't touching your structure is first and foremost, but then making sure we soundproof those walls. Uh, if you have garbage chute, I'm working on a project in Ottawa right now where we have an elevator right beside a master bed. So these are things. Oh, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, drawing, I guess, the logistics of the layout, that was how they had to do it. But we have to be extremely strategic with how we pick our materials in that case. Well, what I like about, and I'm going to ask you a question about the Sono Pro. Mm -hmm. because I know that obviously I have the benefits of the sound transmission. But now, because I'm creating that blanket, and instead of wasting potentially that heat to that ceiling joy space, if I'm talking about there's a basement below or whatever the case might be, does it also provide a thermal barrier? Have you guys tested for any of the thermal resistance so that the heat radiates up more instead of radiating up and down? Does it add to it? It does minimally and we don't have the thermal resistance i think here. that there's think something there for sure okay. for sure because you think it works i think so because if you think about it it's like a felt material so mm -hmm. it, it would be and because the shiny side is up you would think that all the heat all the heat is going to move upwards to create more comfort in my opinion all the floors are being heated so ideally that's what you want well that's what you guys are doing you're decoupling the memory like the yeah. concrete so all of a sudden if there's heat it's going to go to where it's connected it's not going to go to where it's exactly. not connected exactly exactly and the material itself might not have a very high r value but it could certainly help with those like I we call so. them thermal bridges yeah. right where 
where heat can travel through one material to another, it could certainly help break some of those thermal because bridges. Because yeah. this is a scenario that has actually happened to me in mm -hmm. previous projects. Most people don't like to talk about it, but I'm gonna talk about it. I actually had an overpour. Some of my cold water pipes were pretty close to the overpour. My slab is set at the right temperature. You wanna keep it below 80 degrees so that, especially if you have a hardwood. But because my cold water lines were so close to the floor, I get lukewarm water until it runs for a little mm. bit. So again, this is why something like this, knowing a number, whatever number that may be, if any, would be actually pretty interesting as a test, I yeah. think. The other thing I wanted to talk about is one of the most difficult things to soundproof in any home, you see it more and more, becomes pocket doors. In the past, I've used a lot of silent effects and you name it, I, I've used it all. Again. Another application for the uh, reflexor because you don't have to increase the width of it a tremendous amount. And at least if you have like a sound effects or type X or whatever have you, you can at least now increase the sound transmission by a significant number, I would think. Yeah, in terms of pocket doors, you with the silent effects, how have you been incorporating that in the past? So I, I've always incorporated it. It feels like it's not even there. What's yeah. that? I don't even know what that is. What is it? So essentially it's a quarter of an inch drywall it has uh, acoustical glue inside and then it has like another quarter in total is, mm -hmm. is half an inch essentially it's like having the benefits of using the green glue in, in one oh piece my of gosh drywall. I know you're talking so it's about one okay. piece it's very costly it's $90 yeah. a sheet very expensive uh, if not more depending on the supplier that you use but mm -hmm. again I've had very little and I, I put it standard on my builds. Again, because I can't build it out much more, it was one of those limitations that I had up until I found Reflexor, actually. So Reflexor, with its thin composition, that with a Type-X drywall will give you a much far superior acoustic performance. Wow. And what I love to highlight about Reflexor and Sonopro is they don't just soundproof the direct sound transfer. So whether it's airborne or impact, your sound from above, below, or yeah. side to side, yeah. people assume it just goes in a direct no, line. No, it doesn't. No, no. Sound travels. sounds like water. Yeah. It goes through everywhere. And so it's so important to have your joints and junctions sealed because otherwise you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so what's great about Reflexor and Sono Pro is not only are they sealing your entire floor and your entire wall, they're also sealing those joints and junctions. So I'm going to uh, jump in on that. So for those of you listening, to give you a better picture, the way to apply Reflexor is you leave about an inch overhang on the floor and on either side and about an inch on top. So that once you put your half inch drywall, you still have a little bit more. I'm not. I may not be saying it specifically, but this is the way that I put There's it. There's an overlap. Yeah. There's yeah. an overlap. Is it so one inch, guys, or is it more than one inch? It's probably more. We I think I did like two inches. You know, or something one like to that. three inches, depending yeah. on really what you can do. It's always yeah. best to have more overlap than not enough. Agreed. And what I found very interesting is that by the time that I put my sheetrock, I had that protection on the floor. Yes. I had that protection on the side. So you connected it to. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I liked. Yeah. So it was life changing. You're creating well, a continuous barrier. At that Correct. point, it's just Correct. it goes from one one material to the next. So because that's again, the, seals everything. That's off. the one thing that silent effects cannot do. Mm -hmm. Because once you put it on, yes, you know they claim that it's soundproof, but you're still making all those connections everywhere. And have you tried to install acoustic caulking? It's a pain in the butt. It's, it's really clean. clean. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's incredibly clean, and you want to wear your best suit when you're yeah. doing it, too. Uh -huh. So what's great with it. Reflexor is you don't need that because you're it's effectively it. steal, sealing that joint. Okay. Yes, you're you stapling it onto your first row of drywall. Okay. You roll Reflexor either horizontally or vertically. 
overlap on your joints and then your second row on top and that's it that's it and it gets tied into the sauna pro on the floor and then it would yep. get tied into what do we put on the ceiling on the ceiling you can put reflexor and sonopan Sonopan. so we haven't talked about sonopan too sonopan much. is the thicker green stuff it is sonopan is an acoustic panel and what i like about it is it's for those bass sounds those lower frequency noises what people don't understand is you can have a range of frequencies and the lower ones are the really one the harder ones to capture yeah sonopan is a three-quarter inch green panel for those of you who can't see it fiberboard <laughs> and it's got compressions of different densities and and sizes and dimples like a golf ball i like yeah. i can't squeeze it together just so that people know mm -hmm. it's pretty dense and you can go see it at any local hardware store but those compressions create multiple densities in the one panel which allows it to capture a wider range of frequencies and they come in four by eights four by eight. and then how are we securing these with your nails just regular common nails, or yep. you could screw them in. You could screw it in. But yep. I'm, I'm gonna if guess that. If you have that a thin um, head, then you'd want a washer. That's just what I was to make sure say. it doesn't go all the way okay, through. Yeah, perfect. Um, but yeah, you just you fix it to your studs, and you can do it on your walls or your ceiling. And then so you just sandwich the drywall on top of that. Yes. So just Anna, one layer. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Lately, for whatever reason, I've actually been getting a lot into commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and uh, interesting enough, so. In commercial units, sound is a big thing. Have you guys, or what do you guys think to expand into a more decorative exterior sonopan? So that if a unit is already built, we want a little bit of soundproofing, we can then throw a couple of more decorative looking units. On the wall. On the walls. On the and ceilings. Such, and in the ceilings. Yeah, so you can. I mean, people have wrapped it. In just I've a done that. So I've built mi mixing theaters before, and that's oh. that's what we did. We took a similar product to that. It wasn't exactly the same like that. And then you went to Fabric Land, and you got rolls of fabric, and we just we covered it up and then stapled the back of it. And then they're basically panels, absorb acoustical the panels. panels. They yep. absorb, but they're decorative mm -hmm. because they're exposed, right? So we needed to put so many of them at a certain angle. It was all for the acoustics of the mixing room, right? I like that idea. You actually. can do that on it. No. Yeah, if you've got a home theater, take this and then just make it a panel. Cut them in half, make them two by eight, and then fabric the hell out of them. If you have a home theater, you absolutely need Sonopan. Absolutely. It's so critical because you have those lower bass sounds and those lower bass frequencies. You need that absorptive panel Okay, to so let's that. talk about home theaters for one yeah. second. Now you're touching a nerve here for me. All right. Home theaters for me in the past have been very laborious. I'll tell you my process. It may not be the most, there may be better out there, and I'm curious. In the past, so I've built my framing structure. I've filled it with rock wool then i have a layer i have acoustical clips then i have my resilient channel and then on that i have my 5 8 drywall i have my green glue Ugh. and then i have another layer of drywall you know mixing and matching so very laborious and very costly How those are walls and ceilings walls and ceiling so very laborious and one of the things that i like so far and when i first found out about it is that you guys have system everything kind of goes with each other everything works quite nicely so how would that very laborious and very expensive process be with you guys it is going to have to be taken a step further from your regular wall and ceiling constructions just because you need to have more than what you would normally have how we make it easier we include both materials so you will fix your sonopan uh, directly onto your studs we would want resilient channels to ensure that you have a sep even a more separation of your materials you'd put your drywall roll your reflexor on your wall and your ceiling all the way around so you're creating a capsule and then your second row drywall on top where 
we've made it easier is you have no caulking, you know, no green glue, nothing like that. You're just rolling your reflector, tacking yeah. it, and putting your drywall and on top. And you're eliminating the clips, which they're quite costly. They are. So typically, we don't recommend resilient channels on our assemblies. With a home theater, we do recommend it, and we do recommend both products together. What's great about the reflector, again, is we're sealing our joints and junctions. When Which um, you don't do with the green glue. No. Just no. for those listening yeah. out there. The, well, the again, green glue only goes where you put it. Exactly. Yeah. So to compare apples to apples, way superior product. You have a control. I mean, if you don't put enough green glue, then you don't get the performance that you need. Um, with Reflexor, you're just rolling it and you're covering your entire wall. What's great about it, too, is when you have these loud sounds, your, your drywall is going to vibrate. And when you have two drywalls beside each other, those vibrations are going to continue throughout your materials, and that's how you're going to have a greater sound transfer. So by putting Reflexor on, you're minimizing that vibration between your drywall and you're effectively sealing all your joints and junctions. What are we doing with electrical outlets? You're just cutting putty. through them. Well, are we, we're going to put the putty on it. That's that's what I was told. So I don't know. I know you guys don't sell that putty, but that's that's the best way to seal that box from any sound transmission going through that box. Right. So typical assemblies will just say cut through. Always seal it if you can. It's always going to be performance because, again, you're only as strong as your weakest link. However, MSL systems are designed in a typical multi-unit construction. The reflector and sonopan with no putty or no electrical boxes will be extremely performing. The other way that I've seen it, I think, is like you treat it as if you're dealing with an electrical box on an exterior wall. wall yeah. I mean, it would be great if you guys, I don't know if this is in the pipeline, and I don't want any royalties yeah. for it, yeah. but if you guys actually created <laughs> some reflexor kind of electrical box Agreed. outlets. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Because then you could just yeah. park it right behind it and then staple it around it and you got the whole box sealed as well, especially for yeah. home theaters, then right? You can just like push the wires through a Sonopan box. Something. Looks yep. like I have some work hint, to do. Hint, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get on it. But we don't want any royalties here. Uh, the other thing that I was fascinated with, which I just recently learned as well, too, that Steve mentioned it to me as well. Everyone's probably wondering who the hell is this Steve guy? Is like visible. The Reflexo product also stops food orders yes. and cigarette orders and cigar orders and cannabis orders and all kinds of airborne order i didn't actually order. know that oh you did i didn't know that no. i know it's huge it does it's mm -hmm. massive it like, actually how stops are we it not getting this information well, now, now we have this right we are. that's so, why we're working with manny okay so, so yeah. that's that's what's interesting so if your son because eventually your son or daughter is going to get to a certain age and they're going to be really good at rolling up a blunt yeah. you know what i mean so then they're going to want to make sure thank goodness parents it's actually jewels now manny <laughs> i just learned that the other day jewels yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sticking with blunt. I'm sticking with blunt. The kids I'm are vaping sorry. these days. Yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, my two-year-old was <laughs> as well last week. Uh. <laughs> but that, no, and no, I was fascinated because, sure, if someone smokes in the house or if their cooking is just tremendously bad or if it's fish date, whatever, it's amazing that you can do that, that that product also does that. So to explain a bit the technical side of it is anytime you have odor transfers because you have air transfer. So you want to minimize the air leakage. And that's where we're Reflexor is really high performing. Same concept as sound. If there's holes, sound's going to go through. If there's air leakage, odors are going to go through. So Reflexor is essentially going to just seal that whole wall and you won't have that transfer. Just by stapling, like we don't have to tape the joints or anything like that? Yeah. It's just an overlap. Because really the yeah. odor transfer is going through the leakage and that's most commonly through our joints and junctions. It's not really through the center of the wall. Having Reflexor seal those joints and junctions, that's where we're going to have our highest performance against the odor barriers and mm -hmm. smoke transfer. And you stuff. guys have to excuse me. I like to I love playing devil's advocate here yeah. for just one sec. Reflexor. 
or any of the products? Have we tested to see if they add any fire resistancy at all, if any? So all of the fire tests are done. They don't add, but you have a one-hour fire testing for a double-studded wall. So it can be included in any, you know, high-rise condo in your partition wall. The actual product itself, one hour? Uh, Sorry, in a wall assembly. In a wall assembly. Got it. So all of our wall assemblies meet minimum building code, um, and they're all, all our ULC wall assemblies and everything are in Let's correct that to they meet building code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they meet building code. There you go. Building code's changing all the time. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you guys knew, but did you know impact noise isn't yet included in the building code? The, yeah, I knew that one. Okay. Which is so stupid. Which is wild. Stupid. Um, right now, as Evan was saying earlier, we've got the STC, which is the sound transmission class, um, and that's the airborne noise transfer. So the building code requires a minimum of 50 STC between units and a 55, typically for elevator shafts and things like that. Now, I mean, a 50 is just not reasonable enough. We always tell people to strive for 60, but when it comes to flooring, the IIC is only a recommendation from the building code, and it's not a requirement. So in a multi-level structure, you're hearing everybody that's walking. If it's not done properly and there's no added materials, Well, if they don't do yes. the recommendation... I live in an apartment, I can, can I can tell you. I most certainly hear everything that's happening above me. You know me. when Every- they're home, <laughs> if I know they're everything. having fun. <laughs> yeah. I hear it all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a challenge because impact noise is something that's just terribly disrupting. Is it any near from being in the code or like no are you lobbying to raise this issue we or? are okay. um and we're actively you know talking about that as well but it's something that people need to be wary of whenever builders will say we're meeting code requirements for sound that's usually not enough because code doesn't actually take into account impact noise. That's a sign of a not a very good contractor when those words come out. Yes, you want to be talking about what are we doing to That's exceed That's what it says that. on his shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're meeting code. Okay, That's scary. That is right. scary. Actually. It is. I have 15 years of tap dancing. And let me tell you, the lady who lives under me in my condo building, <laughs> it's a challenge. You can't pick your neighbors, but you can pick your soundproofing materials. There so you that go. There, That's a there you go. <laughs> Boom. TM. Done. I you just got came up with on the fly right there. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, so what else? I, I'm actually really challenged by more and more clients want more and more open house concept homes mm-hmm. like if they had it their way there'd be no interior walls right and then we'd have to figure out where everything gets run and then we'd have to figure out how to solve the solve sound problems how would you guys sell i guess you'd focus mostly on the floors and the ceiling assemblies mm-hmm. and try that well and it's being strategic with your wall and ceiling placement so we're working the house that i was telling about in ottawa where we have the agilia screed and the sono vibe it's a very high end they've got an atrium in their front entrance that's absolutely massive do you have an atrium in your house not in my house <laughs> I think my house is the atrium, the whole house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so this atrium is going over all three floors. It's an open. Yeah. So in that case, we really do have to work with the architects during the design conception to make sure that those walls are extremely well performant because there's going to be a lot of reverberation, a lot of echo, things like that. A lot of your success, I would say, would come from multi-residential, correct? No, a lot of DIYers as well. 
wanting really? to so just sound fact. So how the hell yeah. are they finding this shit out before us? <laughs> These products are in every home, Part of my every hardware store. So basically, they're walking the hardware. Exactly. We don't we don't walk the hardware. We don't store. work. That's, that's why. That's yeah. why. But yeah, these products are in the hardware stores, and that's how people are finding about them. But we want to take it one step further because prior to a couple years ago, only Sonopan was available, Got and it. so they didn't have Reflexor available to to help seal those joints and junctions and things like that. Now they have more materials available to them: ceramic, hardwood, etc. I don't like to call it materials. I like to call them systems. Oh, if you yeah. study the European market. Everything they do is a system. Mm -hmm. If you go to the hardware stores there, they sell a system for this, a system for that. So I think a system, because you have multi things treating different things, would be more appropriate in this case. Interesting. And what would be your highest seller in terms of are people more concentrated with the walls or with the floor in general? Ceilings, just for consensus. Ceilings, the bedrooms above? I would say new construction floors, renovation wall. And Sonopan is our highest seller. For all so you have a renovation going on and they rip out the old drywall, do the work, and then they'll put the sonal pan and then put the drywall? So we have assemblies where you can add on to your existing drywall. You don't even need to rip off. Really? And then how much are you losing? You're going to lose three quarters of an inch for the sonal pan. Plus your drywall. Plus your drywall. Yeah. So you're only going to lose an inch and a quarter. That's not much. That's not much. And That's for someone bad. who's not interested in completely dem demoing that wall and taking the drywall off, it's a great alternative. Or you because can still do the drywall with the reflexor and put another layer that's exactly. what i that's what i did in my application so i i actually just added the reflexor to it and, and then you put it on the ceiling as well i overlapped it okay. because we, the uh, the remainder of it was actually staying i made sure i cut enough to get that overlap on top we often say in the renovation aspects with reflexor you do want to make sure you just have enough overlap of that five eighths yeah. for that drywall ideally we want more Correct. because we want to seal okay. the terms we use for people saying well should i use one or the other is one better than the other we use the term of exceptional soundproofing for individual applications or extreme soundproofing when we use them together. So if you want the extreme home theaters, high-end houses, condos, uh, you want to use both products together. Exceptional, you can use Sonopan on its own or Reflexor on its own. Sonopan will be better when you need to capture those lower frequency sounds and Reflexor will be better when you need that space, that odor barrier. So it really, they both provide exceptional sound performance. It really depends on the application you're looking for. You know, you touched up on a couple of things there. We do our fair share of, if we study the economy, we've done a fair share of high end. And if we study the economy, what's happening is that the high end is getting to a higher end. So they're spending, I actually have the stats to this somewhere. The number of high end construction is going up in value. So the types of high end construction is going completely up. What would have been, let's say a new home is now becoming a substantial addition renovation. But what I don't want the listeners kind of taking away from this is that this is not necessarily a high-end product. No. This is a comfort product. Uh, when, when you look at the numbers, it's really quite affordable to address the needs of the consumer. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're there to do a job and make sure that they have what they need. So if you see that it's a family with small children and or pets, you say, hey, you know what? Let's address this wall. Let's address this floor. Let's address this bedroom. We can kind of take them because there's an array. I, I would say this options. is the equivalent to clients saying, 
heated floors was an ultra luxury item mm. six, seven Correct. years ago. Correct. Now it's yeah. the norm. Yeah. And Correct. what's becoming the norm now, I think, are towel warmers, right? I'm yeah. not a fan of them personally because <laughs> I think yeah. they're all ugly. Yeah. But I mean, There's that's some becoming. Nice ones in Europe, I though. saw them in Europe. I know yeah. they're nice. Everything's in Europe. I'm European. So Europe. it's just like, I know. So I, that's what it is. I think this is the equivalent to it that it's becoming the norm and it should be the norm, yep. right? So that's why we were surprised by the numbers. And don't jack up the numbers. I, I just keep the numbers <laughs> where they are because clients will like it. I'm trying to also figure out when the DIYers come in and they're learning about this product before we learn about it or other contractors learn about it, are they learning about it because they have a problem with their noisy baby that's just noisy or they have a problem with their noisy husband that's just noisy when the boys are over? Or like what rooms are we talking about? Are we talking about the nursery? We're talking about the laundry? We're talking about the home theater, the guys' room, the garage. Like all of them. All the rooms. All the rooms. Because now like laundries are being moved up, back up onto the bedroom floors. Everyone's doing their laundry at night because the hydro rates are cheaper. Vibration of the machine. Vibration of the machine. Like then there's also the loud noise of, of, of home theater, home comfort or whatever. Yeah, then there's yeah. this, the, the smoking cigars or cannabis in the garage, right? So there's like, yeah, it's true. It's all rooms, I guess. Yep. Huh? Kitchen, orders, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So The reflexor. Is it, Evan, this is a question for you. Is mm -hmm. it technically, if I tape it, let's say, mm -hmm. can it be considered an air vapor barrier? So if you look at the actual numbers, the perm rating on the Reflexor product is, I, I believe it's 0.78 perm. So that rates it. It's not as low as something like a vapor barrier, like a sheet of plastic that you would you would see typically as a vapor barrier. But this, uh, it's like a vapor retarder, I think is a way Got to put it. it. So it. in that case, yeah, if you tape that, you'd basically, and that's part of the principle of how it operates uh, in terms of odor. Is it because it's not being taped that it, it can't meet the standard for because a six mil poly is being taped, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got it completely sealed. Is that the reason? Would it be the reason? Or I don't want. I, we don't want to mess with our product, right? It's the I, reason I'll tell you where I'm going mm -hmm. with this. Okay. So, for example, I have a garage. Let's say, mm -hmm. normally speaking, because there's a lot of liabilities, I always spray foam my garages, mm -hmm. especially if there's a dwelling on top. Carbon monoxide. Correct. Mm -hmm. But now, if if I haven't done one in a long time, but if I were to do a more conventional route where I'm putting poly everywhere and sealing everything and glue and mm -hmm. this and that, can I use this instead of a poly? And I, would would I would totally use that. You know why? Mm -hmm. Do you hear your garage door opener when it turns on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think everybody hears it. Oh, yeah. Doesn't sure. matter if it's a quiet one and it's a belt driven it one. You it's still hear love. it. I would still do that, but I, I, I took a question. I'd, I'd probably still do the poly, and then you still have to do the drywall, and you got to still tape yeah. it, mm -hmm. right? So you got to still meet those uh, mm -hmm. those standards, right? I'd be curious, though, to if you. Yeah. If, if you're bored one day, as you're expanding to the uh, receptacle well, boxes. I was just going to say, you're really on the business development like side. You know so, what? Yeah. When I love something, just so you understand something about me, when I love something, I'm always curious on expanding. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like to be loyal to brands. And if I can help whatever that brand is expand, it only behooves me we'll take and everybody it. else. We'll so. take that feedback. To, to touch on your question, though, briefly about you were saying in your garage, for example, we, we do have a test that we have for the product uh, for Reflexor. I think it, it said it was about carbon dioxide in that case, um, transmission of carbon dioxide through the material itself. I think what what was the number? It was something like 117 days for a space to get to 600 uh, ppm's of carbon dioxide, which is, you know, we breathe around 400. That's normal 
earth air. I'm going to um, be honest with you. That sounded like spurgle, spurgle. That's a lot of noise. It takes a lot of... Oh, sorry, I should... Uh, <laughs> sorry. We I, I, bring it down to I, our okay. language. I, I Translation, yeah, I please. Can you break about. it down Barney style? It took a lot of... It took a couple months for there to be any noticeable transmission of carbon dioxide Got through this it. material. Okay. It took months. Basically. Because the reflexor was there. Be- well, yeah. through the product, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, in a construction... Um, it, it, the reflector would have to be in, in installed properly and, and everything would have to kind of be sealed off properly, create that type, type of barrier. That's but amazing, that, yeah. that is certainly And again, yeah. back to the point of knowing the clients, because I know mm-hmm. that we talk a lot about sound. Depending on the cultures that you're building for, mm-hmm. certain foods are a little bit more aromatic than others. So mm-hmm. it's a big point. <laughs> like I've had, I've had I like clients, those foods, man. I, I, I've had <laughs> clients that they've told me, well, my background is this. But I refuse to have my in-laws over because I won't get rid of the smells for months or mm-hmm. weeks or whatever. So, again, that's a big selling point. Like, I've actually done kitchens and garages for certain ethnic backgrounds because the, the smells are the so smell. overwhelming. I mean, beautifully overwhelming, but not for the next two months. Yeah. <laughs> so. so how does it work? Does it absorb the smell or it just prevents it from traveling to the next area? It prevents it from traveling. It doesn't traveling. absorb it, right? Exactly. Okay, I got you. It's not a Febreze. No. It doesn't <laughs> cover it up. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, cover if it we up. can develop that, <laughs> then we're really winning. Um, but no, it prevents it from transferring. So that's what's huge when, you know, if you want to seal off certain kitchens, if you've got certain types of cooking. But extremely in the multi-unit constructions where you've just, you can't control what your neighbor's doing at all. And you need to have that guarantee. And I think builders need to provide that guarantee for the people buying. And again, why it's important for us to get educated. And thank you guys right now for giving us that information because the more educated we become, the better service that we can provide. So I'm just a little bit upset that we found out like 15 years after the I fact. just, I know. I, well, <laughs> now we know, right? Now, now we, we know. know. So We're it's working important. hard and yeah. uh, we've got some really cool things coming up with Manny and working on projects. Oh, I thought you were about to say new products. I was going to say what? Tell us. Oh, no, but I think, weren't you going to do a basement? Yeah, 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 yeah. Something, something, something. I saw on your Instagram <laughs> something, something, that you were something. saying you needed to Instagram's do more of your a complete home. lie. It's <laughs> all made. Uh, that's not even me there. How's that coming along? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think the important thing is to have the conversations. And I like that we, we go to shows and we meet people like you guys and we see products like this. And then we get the idea of how we can apply these products now. I know you guys have figured out the assemblies, but then they're always going to come up with a situation where there's going to be a client who has a room or a house or a situation Agreed. that's going to ask us to modify this or work it. And then we start using the principles that you guys have given us to start with. And we take it further. And that's how we build better. And that's how we want to build better. We Everything. tell people, call us. Um, extremesoundproofing.ca is our website. Yeah. And reach out to us. Whether it's on Instagram, on our website, we have reps across Canada. I mean, Evan beside me is extremely technical. We can oh, we to a fault sometimes. We can help with any type. If it doesn't meet the standard need, give us a call. We love I don't think a lot of, of I did this in the very beginning. I'm sure Will, you probably did this. If I had a question, I called. I didn't give a crap about if I sounded stupid or the question felt was stupid. I just called and asked because I wanted to learn about it, right? Yeah. So and I but I find a lot of new contractors yeah. are too afraid to call and maybe seem stupid. Like they don't want to seem like, well, I'm asking a dumb question here. You know, I find that it becomes it's I think it's a convenience thing. And I think it's an it's an age thing where 
they may say, hey, I have this question. Let me go online. Or there's probably a video out there or something. They assume that's a that everything that's a male is male thing. That's a yeah. male but thing. It, and it's huge in construction where I they grew up with They can DM us on Instagram. I grew up with They'll females. do that, I bet you. Yeah, yeah. we have so, quite a few. Yeah. So I have no problem calling whoever, whenever, and multiple times, even actually. <laughs> just to get the answers question, that question, 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 question. Yeah. Exactly. Because there's always going to be a question for this stuff, right? Always. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why acoustic engineers spend years studying acoustics and vibration. It's really complex. And it's not just a copy-paste solution. MSL has made it really user-friendly. But there still are situations where you do need that help and that support. That's what we're here for. You know, and I like that you guys are targeting the architects because if we can start let's say there as homeowners and clients are actually getting their drawings and it's back into it it makes our life a lot easier because now we don't need to convince them that this is the best thing for them whatever situation they can actually it's in the plans and nine times out of ten hey it's in the plans i must need it for a reason so yeah. are they more open to the idea of having a conversation about sound, or are they just the grumpy old guys that sometimes I meet? The architects? Yeah. yeah. If you can back it up with your tests and your lab results and, and your scientific backing, so if you take Evan into the room, always. Okay. <laughs> a lot of my my job is to meet with architects. I spend a lot of time actually in architects' offices. So um, yeah, we, I mean they're always. What's interested. the sound like in there? <laughs> <laughs> you got you got it. Sometimes I went into one a couple weeks ago uh, that they had like jazz music playing throughout the whole office. Nice. I don't mind that. Nice. Though. It was pretty nice. It was very yeah. chill. But a lot of them are in these old post and beam warehouses nice. um, downtown. Creek, nice. creek, 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 yeah, creek. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, tap, tap, tap. Sounds like a person's walking on your head. And yeah. I like those buildings, perfect, even perfect though there are horror stories in all those buildings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, they, they're always, whenever I say soundproofing, they're like, oh, yeah, I need to think about that. And they're they're really concerned. But they don't, I mean, they, they have their kind of roster of products that they know about. But a lot of the time when we're introducing something new and we kind of get into the details on how they can actually improve their assemblies and make it easier, uh, they, they really have an So on interest. a scale of 1 to 10, how important is this to architects? sound oh yeah 10 is it really <laughs> after well, you explain it to them no no before before be yeah before oh before <laughs> you know it really ranges it varies i think there's a misconception that concrete is soundproofing <laughs> so they'll say i'm building a concrete building or i've got concrete there's going to be no sound and for airborne noises yes concrete is great yeah. but impact noises I mean, it's horrible. So it's just, again, that education component. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions with right. sound. That's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. But Absolutely. mass, just adding mass does not provide soundproofing. You need to be very strategic with the materials you're using because you want different masses, different densities. It's like a sandwich. You don't just add bread. <laughs> it depends if you got some <laughs> vinegar and oil there and just you could dip it for a little bit. <laughs> but again, you've got the vinegar and the oil. True, true, true. It's not just the true, bread itself. True, true, true enough. <laughs> so I know we've gone through a world of products here. Did we miss any kind of application that we would come across? Will, you were mentioning earlier commercial yes, projects. So correct. boardrooms, You'll for the people who can't see, we've got a suspended ceiling. Something like this is really important. So the Sonopan is a great product in those types of applications and always raising it as high as you can. Because when you have suspended ceilings, you have an enormous amount of flanking noise where sound is just traveling throughout your ceiling. There are a ton of applications, commercial, industrial, residential, that you can use these products. The old school side of me, mm -hmm. again, I'm playing devil's advocate yeah, no. just for the sake of conversation. Bring it on. How would it compare 
on a STC level. So a rock-based insulation product. Yes. <laughs> With the Sonopan. Well, the Sonopan, yes. to give you an idea, has an STC of 27 on its own. So just on its own, it's a very high-performing panel. Right. And when you need to soundproof flanking through your suspended ceiling, you need something that's going to stay rigid and go all the way up your subfloor, yeah. if possible. Yeah. So Sonopan is going to provide that solution, which you wouldn't get with the other product. Are you talking with uh, the bats between the rock-based insulation? Yes. Sorry, yes. excuse me. Rock-based insulation. <laughs> yes. Um, are you talking between your studs, kind of as a bat, or are you? So using I'm talking about overall because the the mm -hmm. use is normally speaking in commercial units becomes a pain in the butt because I have to take it up there if I want to take it above a grid ceiling mm -hmm. with ceiling tiles. Uh, it's very itchy and it's a pain in the butt to cut where the rigidity of it actually makes it a lot easier on the Sonopan. Just want to compare apples to apples and see where the higher rating would be, I guess. Right, so I don't know the rating of, uh, of the other insulation, but a Sonopan does have a, has an STC of 27, and that's, that's really high. And again, and I think the, uh, the takeaway is, is rigid. It doesn't need anything else for support, where in the past, depending but on But it, it also takes you back to the system. Like, right. I don't think the competition, right. I don't want to get into too much of the competition, yeah. but they don't have a reflexor that no. gets get tied no. into that. No. And no. it's not as thin as that and still serving the purpose of that. Correct. So that's what we were fascinated by when you guys first showed us the Sonopro material and these other materials that they were two, three mil thin. That's true. Thin. That's so true. it won't like it won't bother the actual assembly of the wall. So adding three mils to a drywall assembly wall, that's not dramatic. This is perfect. Okay, so if I now put this because it's rigid, I can technically put this in between my framing for a pocket door, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. line it up with some reflexor. Yeah. That's the ultimate right there. That's your this extreme soundproofing. Yeah. And we'll come on site, we'll provide support, whatever you need. There's a project in Ottawa where it's an old semi and it's just, they can't really even determine what's in the wall. And so we'll come and we'll we'll take a look at it. We'll help you with recommendations, and we'll always have a solution. What do you mean they can't determine what's inside? Unless the wall? they take the whole drywall down, they oh, they don't want to do that. No, they oh, don't. Okay. Oh, so they can't really determine what's inside from what they can assess. It's just brick separating the two. So brick and then plaster, and that's it. That would have been the old school way. Yeah, yeah. but the sound is horrible. So now we've created a, an a la carte system for them um, to install. And so that's something we're, we're always willing to do. Any R rating on this? Yeah, I think it has an R rating of about 2.45. Oh, 2.45, okay. It's in the technical literature. But and then uh, as yes. far as um, air movement through mm -hmm. it in terms of, I've done historical restorations in the past and I've had to go to certain lengths to preserve what's there. So the house in that specific, the way it was done, needed to breathe. If I put this against it, would the material still be able to do that? I wonder. Still breathe? Yes. Yes. I mean, okay. it's a wood fiber. So naturally there's... Well, the idea with that material. product is that the sound gets trapped inside there. It's absorptive. Yeah. Exactly. But then yeah. the, the air still moves through it, right? Okay. It's not like reflexor. I'm just going to open this. I don't yeah, know why course. I'm still looking at the yeah, go plastic. For it. Don't so need well, it. I have a question <laughs> that you can... No, you can't. You could. You wouldn't get sick. I'd rather see it <laughs> versus try it. <laughs> what? You can eat that, really? Could, yeah. A little bit of vinegar and So and MSL has a lot of <laughs> eco-friendly building materials. It's a huge priority for the company. And it's made here in Canada? Yeah, in Quebec. In Quebec. 
And so MSL really wants to develop added value products that are also sustainable building materials. All of their products come from 100% recycled building materials. The membranes are 100% recycled polyester fiber. They have a big focus in sustainable And what about the materials. dye? Is a dye like... Food coloring. Green? Oh. That's why it's edible. <laughs> I'm tempted to try it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not eating it. I'm not, I'm not gonna it. say. I'm not eating it. <laughs> so, will your um, projects that you do potentially downtown Toronto? Do you do a lot of the old houses that people are flipping, or you know, they have a lot of sound issues? I I have done those. I generally try to stay away from the downtown core. Okay. But I have done the historical stuff. I've done is in other parts of the city. I would rather travel now in the opposite direction <laughs> of the city. I like okay. the core. Why? Yeah. Why do you ask? Well, just that's a big market for these products because you have these old, gorgeous, beautiful buildings yeah. Yeah. Um, that people are turning into multi-units, or else that you've got a semi that just has no soundproofing. And so we've got a lot of people who are looking for soundproofing solutions. And that's why the thicknesses work really well here because yes. you don't have very wide or very big homes here, right? right? You have like 15 foot wide homes, which is tiny, really, really tiny. So I know that we went through a whack of products so here. So you know what? I would love for our listeners because there's a lot of information in a relatively short yeah, time. Yeah, I'm going to post. I'll post when we post this, uh, the podcast. I'll post a link to MSL and then you guys can actually That'd see all amazing. the products that we're talking about. And then obviously in the future, there's going to be more posts where we're talking about specific products as they're being used, right? I want to start using these things. I yeah, want to start applying here. them and, and, and start and see the difference, right? So let's go through uh, because in one of the brochures that I, I was looking at, and again, we'll go through it just for any last minute thoughts and comments that we should make on any product. Right. So right now I'm holding in my hand the Reflexor. So we know the Reflexor. It's a gold looking. It's a uh, jazzy membrane. Yeah. It's a jazzy membrane. It's like a gold, <laughs> it's a velvet gold underground member. membrane. Very important for a retrofit scenario. Lots of applications there. Well, they've got it right here. The existing wall, existing wall, existing wall in the ceiling. And then you have corrective solution, corrective solution, corrective solution for ceiling. So it's all there. Yeah. It's so, all there. And then we went through the Sono Lead for your stones, which I did not know about. Ceramic. Ceramic, porcelain, stone natural tile. stones. Yep. And then we went through the Sono Pro, which Evan is going to get back to us with some R ratings. That's right. We're gonna look into that which is you. what I used in my video, right? Yes. Which is really cool. It mm -hmm. was easy to put down. It was so simple. Had fun actually doing it. And especially now with the construction, the building code allowing for higher wood frame constructions, I think we're going to be see a lot of Sono Pro because you essentially need that concrete screed in your wood frame construction. The challenge is we love wood, but it transfers sound. So by effectively decoupling that screed from your structure you're going to have a quieter yeah. wood frame. So the one that caught my attention, I did not know about this before today, was the, I may be pronouncing this wrong, is the Sono Vibe. Mm -hmm. Okay. This picture in particular caught my eye. Mm -hmm. It's uh, an open web uh, steel beam. It's a pan system with concrete on top because this is something that I'm actually going to be doing soon. I never thought about the sound transmission protection because, again, we're not there yet. Again, something to think about. In this scenario, do I have to glue it down or can I leave it floating almost like an underfloor membrane? You can leave it floating. We recommend just for the versatility to glue it down because then you can put anything on top. Okay. Um, but we have had applications where it is floating. So if you have a heavier floor... It can uh, it can be floating. And you're just overlapping it well. an inch and a half. Is that no overlap? No but overlap, joints. but joints. Wow. Yep. Sono vibe, and then you have the sono pan. Which sono pan. Walls they say and it's edible, but yeah. we haven't tried that one yet. <laughs> no, I didn't eat it. I'm not gonna eat it. 
And then any other new products coming out? Anything new and exciting or we can't talk about yet or share? These products actually, for the soundproofing line, these new systems are actually quite new. So we're now launching them. MSL also does manufacture rigid exterior insulation and flat commercial roofing panels. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. What the? Well, you guys are like holding <laughs> out on everyone. What the hell? The Eco 4 is a wild rigid exterior insulation panel, which... I feel is a sister panel to mm -hmm. Sonopan. It's a inch and a half, all natural. So in Quebec, we have we require an R4 thermal barrier around the perimeter of a home. And in Ontario, you have now similar changes to the building code. So this product can be used as your thermal bridge, an exterior protection around your house. It has acoustic properties, thermal properties, and it's all natural. Wow. And you've got your structural properties as well. Okay. Has this been around for like 15 years no, too? No, 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 no. What's that, what's was that one new. called? What's that product called? Uh, Sono Climate Eco 4. Got so the Eco Sono theme going the, on there. But yeah. now that's not the DIYers are getting that. That's out of building material. Exactly. Okay. That would be the general that contractors to us, installers. Right? Yeah. Okay, cool. You can own that one. And now, <laughs> is this the same one that you were talking about for the roofing as well? No. So they do flat commercial support roofing panels as well all fiberboard based what fire color is rated it? green purple it's purple for fire rated yep okay so now we've got a lot of information and okay so there's a website extremesoundproofing.ca email info at sonopan.com instagram we're msl underscore soundproofing so we got all our products and posts on there you can dm us and someone will get back to you right away ASAP. if there's a question if you're curious about it you can reach myself you can reach will yep. you're going to yep. see more of this all these products on my pages and so we're going to learn as you guys learn i think is there anything else i don't think there's anything else just soundproof yeah just sound <laughs> it's really important to have this soundproofing conversation even Always. though you don't see it yeah, I like having conversations with clients that don't see shit. You know what I mean? It's so I can my explain best part it to of them, construction. Right? So the things you don't see. Mm -hmm. But they're like glazed over when you start talking yeah. to them about well, it. Well, we talk about energy efficiency and fire and all this stuff. That's we should an be uphill talking battle. about soundproofing yeah. as well. Of course. I completely agree with you, right? So once again, thank you, Will, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Evan. No problem. Thank, thank you. you, Anna. Thank you. And this has been really enlightening. I, li I like I like learning shit like this. Cool. This is really important to me, right? So that, once again, thank you. And that's another episode of The Construction Life. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, guys.